0: Israel thinks they can keep outsiders from interfering with the Temple Mount. There's mounting evidence that the World Health Organization could be part of the one world government. And the statistical evidence backs up just how the enemy has used the pandemic to separate, isolate, and destroy mankind. But these are just some of the signs of the times. Our weekly review of Bible prophecy that we find in the world's news for Friday, May 13th, 2022. To learn more about our program, subscribe, share, or ask a prophecy question, just go to the WayMedia app or thewaymedia.net, which is the only place where you can read the articles we discuss, and we always encourage you to do that. And now, here to help us make sense of the senseless is Pastor Mark, who is so honest that once on an employment application... Where it asked who to contact in case of emergency, he wrote, a very good doctor. Yeah.
1: No, No? is that? No, no, I uh, I don't uh, know. Smilence. Okay, smile. No, no, it's good. I like it. You You know, I just have to contact. I just have to
0: be ready for the room.
1: No, I just, I never, I I told you when you do these, I'm like, I don't know how to react. I'm kind of like.
0: I need a smattering of applause. Yes, there you go.
1: There you go. Something. There you go. I need something, anything. Yes.
0: Today's National Pie Day, by the way. Uh, it's Friday the 13th, hey, Greg, but we don't want to. It's Pie
1: Day. It's Pie Day. Pie Day. It's, it's Pie Pi day. Day. Pi day. Pi
0: day. Pi day. Sorry. You know, yeah. Well, because it's Friday the 13th, and it's also National Pie Day. Yes. And it's like the world's news is scary enough. Yeah. So let's celebrate something we can all enjoy. And you
1: were our hero. You an brought apple pie. in two pies today. I did. You I did. was.
0: I was motivated. Yes. To yes. do that. It was great. It was, was great. Yeah. Fantastic. Thank you very much. Okay. Before <laughs> before we get into our articles, uh, Pastor Mark has a mia culpa, a correction. Yes. To make from last week, where we had an article that discussed. I think it was Russia's involvement with either Libya or Sudan or Ethiopia, one of those countries. Yeah,
1: pertaining to the invasion into Israel. Exactly. And
0: so, uh, Pastor Mark, you had talked about the uh population the, the the muslim population in terms of its denominational uh separation between sunni and shia and right. had said that those countries were predominantly shia yes and yes. you found
1: out yes i thought they were and we had a, a an astute listener who said i think no this is actually they're there but it's pre- more predominant shia i mean sunni and you were correct there's both in in ethiopia uh sudan and in libya you have both Shia and Sunni so that is a, a true statement both are there but the predominant where we, where I got it wrong last week was was is the predominant number the highest number of Muslims in those regions are Sunni not Shia uh, but I want to get back to so thank you for letting us know that that's what the good thing about being live on the air is we you know if we if we, if we say something that's not accurate like that we get that uh, friendly correction which is always great because we want to put out the proper accurate information um, but the main point I wanted to make on that that I'll just quickly reiterate again yeah. is I do believe still yet my overall viewpoint. I was using that thinking it was that way for a, a better point, but my overall point was when Russia goes in and attacks with Iran, uh, Israel, Shia seems to be a little bit more aggressive because of their background and some of the places they are. Although both sides have their aggressiveness, if you will. I mean, um, the Sunnis were you know the the, the out of uh, Saudi Arabia are the ones that did you know nine eleven. So it's not that there's not radicals in both. That's a good point. But Shia yeah. seems to be real radical about the descendancy line of uh, Muhammad, etc. So um, I was wrongfully under the assumption those two were in that place. I still believe you're going to see a pull of, of the radicals, if you will, from both Shia and Sunni. The radicals are going to be pulled to that battle. It will thin out a lot of the radical crowd, if you will, which is going to pave the way more freely for the Antichrist to come on the scene. And, um, you know, we talked at the beginning of the show, Greg, about maybe a clarification of Shia and Sunni. I by no means am an expert on Islam or Shia and, Sunni, uh, Shia and Sunni. I know basics, and I've studied it to some degree, and I have looked into it quite a bit, actually, but I wouldn't consider myself any expert. But I do know this. The main difference in Shia and Sunni as far as where they stand, if you looked at them like denominations in today's, uh, um, you know, mindset of what we have in church the Shias are the ones that believe that um, Muhammad, there has to be a descendancy of Muhammad for the leader of that movement. It goes directly back to actually Muhammad, whereas the Sunnis are kind of like, look, it doesn't have to be Muhammad. It can just be any of our leaders. The overall religion of Islam is what matters. So it, it's what matters to both, but they would say that Muhammad matters. <laughs> that would be there. If they were going to march, they'd march Muhammad matters would be the difference in Shia and Sunni. So anyway, I want to make that clarification just for those who might yeah. be... Uh, you know, wondering what are some of the differences? That's a pretty big difference there.
0: Pretty big difference. Yeah. All right. Thank you for that, Pastor Mark. No problem. All right. Uh, let's uh, go over to the Holy Land. I wish. I wish. Yes, you do. We want to go. You do. I would love to go again, uh, but. I know. Uh, I'm, I'm dreaming out loud. Yes, you are. Uh, this is from Times of Israel. Uh, according to uh, Israel PM uh, Naftali Bennett, there won't be any foreign interference in decisions regarding the Temple Mount. To <laughs> that we say, <laughs> uh, oh, you prophetically naive man.
1: Yeah, pretty, pretty much yes. uh, going to be shocked when the Antichrist comes on the scene. But I want to give this more of a, a background for our listeners. Uh, the article says all decisions regarding the Temple Mount in Jerusalem will be made by the Israeli government, which holds sovereignty over the city without any foreign considerations, Bennett said at the start of the weekly cabinet meeting. We certainly reject any foreign interference in the decisions of the Israeli government. Of course, the state of Israel will continue to maintain a respectful attitude toward members of all religions in Jerusalem, Bennett said. A united Jerusalem is the capital of only one state, the state of Israel. An Islamic movement official told the Times of Israel that Ra'am, which is uh, the Israeli Democracy Institute, it's really a Palestinian organization, um, had pushed for a new joint Israel-Jordanian committee. To resolve, And they're part of the overall government there in Israel when they put those groups together. They're one of the groups to resolve the burning issues of the Temple Mount, such as reducing the Israeli police presence and expanding the Waqf authority. Now, WAF, that's the Jordanian authorities. They are officially over the Temple Mount right now. But it's an odd situation because it's in Israel and Israel. Their capital is Jerusalem and the Temple Mount is in their capital. But it's controlled um, willingly Israel letting Jordan control it. So, again, he says, we're not going to let anybody else interfere. Really, Israel doesn't really have control of the Temple Mount. I mean, really, Jordan does. Um, Israel blocks the gates with their police, and they kind of police it, okay, to a degree. Um, But really, they they already don't really have the authority over it. But because of the uh, recent uh, riots that were up there, Greg, and all that happened during Ramadan and all that, questions started coming up about who really controlled the Temple Mount. And really, it was questions between, as we noted last week, between Jordan and some of the other Muslim countries. Uh, well, Israel got involved and said, wait a minute, you guys are all discussing what's going to happen with the Temple Mount. We're, we're not going to give up rights, our rights to the Temple Mount either. But technically, it is Jordan that has those rights and Israel will not have the rights to the Temple Mount again until Jesus comes in the second coming. And, of course, the Antichrist is going to come in. Like you said, there's going to be a rude awakening because he's going to come in and he's going to tell them what they're going to do. And it's going to be a multinational type thing, whatever. By the way, one quick side note, because this is not in our um, in our, our stack today. However, I did notice in the news uh, right before the show started, uh, that President Biden is planning a trip here very soon over there. He's going to be going here in the next month or two to Israel. And one of his main agendas is to say that uh, they have to share the capital of Jerusalem. They say that according to the report, he's going to be pushing a shared Jerusalem and a Palestinian state. Now, that's not going to fly. So we'll see what happens there. But again, you see the rumblings of kind of you kind of banging the rock with the mallet. Uh, that later on down the road, the Antichrist will actually break, but he's kind of leading the way. I mean, he's not leading the way. He's, he's one in the line of that are starting to do that. Yeah. But it's, it's, you're going to see him going over there and really betraying God um, and America by trying to give away God's land to people that God didn't give it to.
0: Well, the spirit of Antichrist is definitely at work there. Uh, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. But the other thing that Israel is up against, and we've shared this from time to time, especially when this comes up regarding the Temple Mount and regarding Israel's sovereignty or right to exist is the fact that Israel has a fight within their own ranks, so to speak, and that's with the, uh, the Hesedim, uh, wow. the the Orthodox you're Jews right, right. that believe that even though they enjoy being at the Western Wall and would love to be on the Temple Mount, no doubt, uh, having prayer and, yeah. and doing all those things, they believe that they don't even have a right to be in the country, let alone the Temple Mount, yeah. until their Messiah, Ben David, shows up on the scene. Yeah. I, yeah. It's just amazing to me.
1: Yeah, that, the radical the, orthodox city yes. Jews. You're right. And, and so Greg, everybody's fighting over there. Everyone's fighting. I mean, fighting. you've got the Jews fighting the Jews. You've got Muslims fighting Muslims. Yeah. You've got Jews Muslims fighting Jews. You've got the government all fighting each other. I mean, it is it is Satan's playground. And you see it. He is the author of confusion. Yeah. He's the author of author of disunity when the Prince of Peace comes all those things will be settled yeah. Jesus Christ but you're right and and you know it's not time yet so you know God's got it in his own timing and he's allowing this stuff but it's interesting to watch you know, it's been said that if the Muslims didn't fight themselves so much they could band together and overthrow Israel. So they look That's at it as, point, as yeah. a blessing, really, that the Muslims fight each other so much. The Jews see that as a blessing from God and a blessing yeah. in general. Yeah. Uh, whether or not from God, I don't know. I shouldn't say that. But a blessing in general because they see it as, you know what, if they banded together, we'd be in a lot more trouble. But because they can't get along and they fight each other, we have less battles against them.
0: Yeah. Well, you know, and that really came to light during the Iraq war. Yeah. You know, when we removed Saddam Hussein yep. out of power, yeah. we didn't have an appreciation for the short leash yeah. that Saddam Hussein kept the different factions within Islam You're right. on. You're right. Because once that happened, mosques started to get bombed. Yep, they did. And, and we didn't understand that because why would you bomb your holy place? Yeah. And we didn't realize it was basically denominational Soon fighting. Sunni Shia.
1: They, they do. They, they, they hate each other, and they yeah. fight. And then, yeah, you'll see them kill each other and bomb each other. It's it's really amazing.
0: Yeah, it sure is.
1: Yeah. All right, uh, let's come back here, Pastor Mark,
0: to America for a couple of interesting articles. Uh, this first one is from CNN, and I, I left it in the America stack that it showed up from our compiler yeah uh but it really could belong under pestilence plagues disasters and corruption because i think we can we can tie this back over the last two years and all of the lockdowns and everything yeah and that is this and and here's what's also, interesting is this data is coming from the Centers of Disease Control. Yes. Which yes. is also very interesting. It is interesting. Uh, it says the U.S. has the highest rate of gun related deaths in more than 25 years.
1: Yeah. And there's a biblical aspect and a political aspect in this. Yeah. The biblical is going to be, of course, violence in the last days or increased violence in the last days. I'm gonna, I thought I was going to sneeze. I was going to warn everybody I'd hit my button, but I can't. If I'm on camera, I can't hide that anymore because I used to, I one on camera. I didn't sneeze, so it worked out. All right. Either way, um, There's a political agenda here. I believe probably, Greg, the CDC is releasing this from the political aspect of, look, guns are bad. Okay, that's probably their motive. Sure. But I see it from a spiritual aspect, and that is Genesis 6 uh, the days of Noah, Luke 17, it'll be like the days of Noah, violence will increase. Between 2019 and 2020, the overall firearm homicide rate increased to about 35%. By the way, it wouldn't just be firearm; it'd be knives, everything, bats, rocks, you name it. It's mankind killing each other is what's gone up in statistics. The COVID-19 pandemic might have exacerbated existing social and economic stressors that increase risk for homicide and suicide, particularly among certain racial and ethnic communities, CDC researchers wrote in the report increases in firearm homicide rates and persistently high firearm suicide I emphasize that I'll come back to that in 2020 with increases among populations that were already at high risk have widened disparities and heightened the urgency of actions that can have immediate and lasting benefits so the overall is I think probably a political motivation for CDC because it's a very political um, entity look guns are bad from the spiritual side days of noah violence is increasing but from the really just sad, tragic side from what happened with COVID and all this and people locked down and all the, uh, you know, the, the drug increase and all that is it showed a persistently higher firearm suicide rate. So part of that number is suicide. People are killing themselves. Uh, reading again just today in the news, in the uh, pageantry department, well, the pageants they do, they've had these uh, recent suicides in pageant. These people are killing themselves you know greg we don't know all the reasons college athletics yeah again it's interesting to watch what's and then, happening of course,
0: here uh, stars naomi judd the country star just shot, shot herself it, last took, week took yeah. her own life N- anyway. now,
1: now suicides have always happened but i believe that something like a lockdown for two years the depression the loss of hope all these things have just to use their word, exacerbated it and just really, I think, pushed it to the forefront. Those that were on the edge of suicide already. But yeah, but wouldn't have done it. Yes. This pushed them over the edge quite literally. So it's, it's tragic yeah. and very sad. And that's why we need to offer the hope of Jesus yeah. Christ. And yeah. for those of you listening right now, if you're thinking about suicide, maybe you've lost hope. You might be listening to the, to the broadcast, you know, by God's hand right now, not even realizing he put you here. You have hope. Your hope is eternal in Jesus Christ. You need to turn to him and let him be your hope and remove that depression and that fear and that anxiety, and then he'll give you not only a reason to live now, he'll give you hope for an eternity. And so there's our hope, Jesus Christ. Yeah,
0: absolutely. Please do not choose a permanent solution yeah. to a temporary problem. There you go. That's you know, we exactly were talking right. about this before the show, Pastor Mark, yeah. in relation to hell. Yeah, uh, which is very permanent. Which is very permanent. You know, the, the things that we go through and that we might attribute to being like hell in yeah. terms of you know how we think it's just, and, and i when we understand the expression the expression this is this is the worst i've ever experienced this yeah, sure, is what it means sure but it, even even then yeah. even legitimately the worst things you've experienced are only temporary yeah the worst compared thing compared to hell compared to eternal that's separation right, that's right
1: the suffering and the eternity of it—there is nothing anyone could ever experience. You could take the worst, tragic uh, torture, brutality, extended thing, and don't think too long on that. But anything the yeah. world's ever done, it 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 pales in comparison to what it's going to be like in a place that is in the outermost darkness, total separation from any light or joy or God or relation to anything good. Uh, the fires are burning, but there's yeah. no light to the fires, and it never ends. Once you're there, you realize I'll never get out. This goes on forever forever there couldn't be anything worse than that and, and i do want to make a comment about this as we said. so first of all it's it's like the key is jesus christ and the hope we have in him yeah. but I, I want to reiterate something greg we did talk about again at the start before the show began that our listeners need to know jesus said that hell was not created for mm. man it wasn't created he it, he says it was created for the devil and his angels that's who hell was created for. So when people say, wow, why would God create hell and, and let people go there? Or even worse, they'll say they accuse God falsely of saying he would send people there. God does not send anyone there. It's a decision we make to reject God and his hope of salvation. It's our choice that makes us go there, not God sending anyone. We're choosing to go there. And even if, if you don't make a choice, the Bible says you are making a choice because you're rejecting your only hope to be saved. That is Jesus Christ. But it, the scripture is very clear. Why is it such a horrid place? It is for Satan and the fallen angels who were in heaven, they saw the glory of God, they knew his eternal glory, they knew better, they have a much higher accountability rate, and because of that, that's their just due forever for rejecting the glory of God that they know about. We only know it very, you know, through the Spirit. We don't know it in real experience yet. And so, God never intended man to go there. So if anybody goes there, it's because they have not taken the way out of escape through Jesus Christ, and they're basically being lumped in with the devil and his angels because there's only two categories. You either choose Jesus Christ and you go to heaven or you're automatically lumped in with Satan and the fallen angels. Even though hell wasn't created for you, you get pulled into the car compartment that's been made for them and you spend forever with them in what their judgment was supposed to be and not yours. It's tragic. Yeah, it it's really tragic. Is. So again, the hope we have in Jesus Christ, that's what, you know, the Lord offers every moment and offers you listening right now. Amen.
0: Uh, well, let's uh, cover one more article here in America. This is from Liberty Council. Uh, their website is lc.org. Uh, Biden's amendments uh, hands the U.S. sovereignty over to the World Health Organization. Yeah, Please explain. Yeah, And this is
1: everywhere. If you jump out there online, it's not just the Liberty Council, which yeah. is a law firm that put this out. But this is all over the place. There is a WHO, uh, World Health or- uh, Organization, uh, conference coming up here on May 22nd. I think it's May 22nd through May 28th. Let me read some of this, and I'll tell you why. This is, this is something where if you ever did call your congressman or your senator, now's the time to do it. And at the national level, it wouldn't hurt to do it at the local level as well, but at the national level. The article says the Biden administration is setting the stage to hand ultimate control of America's health care system. Think about that. And U.S. national sovereignty over to the World Health Organization. This is all true. I've verified this. This is true. On May 22th through 28th, 2022, there's the dates. I was right on that. The 75th World Health Assembly will convene at the United Nations headquarters in Geneva, Switzerland, with delegates from 194 nations to vote on the Biden administration's amendments that will hand over national sovereignty and authority to the WHO, which during the COVID pandemic carried the water bucket for the Chinese Communist Party. Now, let me explain how serious this is. If this passes, America's saying we want to, our president, our administration right now is saying we want to give the rights over to the health. Now, now we a lot of us had issues with the local health departments being able to make rules about uh, masks and about businesses and all. And here in Tennessee, I know we did that was something a big about fight it. here in Knox County. Yeah, and, and we changed relive, it. Yeah. They, they changed it now statewide. You can't, the world, the health organization here, health department, does not have sovereignty over our state representatives now. They did. Until COVID, they literally had sovereignty. So they said, you have to wear masks. These businesses have to close, whatever. They could say that. Well, that was nuts. They weren't even elected officials. They're just people put in those positions. The people weren't speaking. uh, It's more of an authoritarian type mindset was speaking. Well, we changed it. Good for us. This is what's happening at a national level. What the president wants to do and his administration is give the WHO, the World Health Organization, the same rights at the national level that Tennessee had at the local level with their health department. That means... If the World Health Organization, if this passes and he gives it to them, Greg, they can determine whenever there's a pandemic and declare it and, and they can say everybody in America has to wear a mask and it's the law of the land across the nation
0: where everyone has to stay home
1: it trumps it trumps uh, a tennessee law it trumps our national law it trumps our constitution it trumps everything they can say you are in a pandemic you have to wear masks you have to lock down and we are literally under the control of an outside appointed committee that has overridden the constitution of the united states and our leadership and i listen i guarantee you that will happen If they get that authority at some point, we will be shut down again. We will be forced. Now, we can stop this, but here's why I say I would encourage you, and I'm going to do this as well. Call your local representatives. And call your your national, it doesn't take any time. You may, three or four phone calls is all you need to make. Call your senator, call your congressman. Um, you know, we may have a couple of senators, I believe we do in Tennessee, but call them. You maybe three or four or five phone calls. Tim,
0: Tim Burchett would be one of them locally.
1: Yeah, locally. But I'm saying even I would call, you know, we have even, you know, uh, you know, uh, Marsha Blackburn. Yep. She's and, another um, yeah, one that's and, at the and, national and level. Steve yep. Cohen or whatever, you Something know, if, like. he's, if he's still I, in I there. I don't know if,
0: I, that might be state.
1: Okay. Either way. Anyway. Either yeah. way. If you're every time you're going to call them, this is the time to do that and say we disagree with this World Health Organization handing over our rights to them as a nation. We need to be sovereign. We need to control that. Stop this from happening. Yeah.
0: In whatever state you're living in, if you're listening to this, I, we have international podcast listeners. Uh, but if you're listening in another state, you know the same applies. You know, contact your your uh your national that's representative right. For that's your state. right
1: nationwide for those yeah. that are listening nationwide contact them and yeah. let them know because yeah. this is a big deal yeah. now again i'm not saying it's going to pass but if it does we have big big trouble and they need to hear the voice of the people saying fight against this yeah don't let this happen and this is the
0: part where you know we, we tarry till he comes absolutely you know we tarry until the rapture so yeah, yeah. Anyway. and let
1: me just say this yes. it is a spiritual issue Yes, it is. This is not just, oh, this look, is this prophetic. Is what, look, politics yeah. get into, get into spiritual, but this is not a political issue. This is a moral, spiritual issue where God is sovereign. God is the one that gives rights. God is the one in control of mankind, not political entities to make these kind of decisions. And so we need to stop it in the name of Jesus Christ.
0: But wouldn't you say at some point though, something like this, if not this, is going to take place? in order to break down the walls of sovereignty oh, so to speak absolutely and, it, and it's not just for america i yeah. mean this is we're talking about th- this will happen globally. Oh,
1: yeah, these are multiple nations, Greg, all over the world turning their their sovereignties over. Yes. Yeah, and again, why do we know That's that? That's the
0: spirit of Antichrist That's at right. full That's right. work.
1: There you go, because yes. we know that biblically yeah. because, again, the Antichrist will rule the entire world. He wants to control everything. That's why I've said, I hope, and, I, and I, I, I hope that, for example, the airwaves stay open until the rapture and all that. I know the church will not be defeated. I know that, because the enemy will not prevail. But at some point... All this has to be shut down. We can't be allowed to be saying what we're saying. But now hopefully we're gone in the rapture, which I believe will probably be what it is. Um, But at the same time, this kind of stuff can't go out. Opposition to the move of the Antichrist will not be allowed. It will be an iron fist controlling all radio waves, all life, all everything. However... Saints, listen to me. We don't lay down and give up until that happens. You know, you can look at the prophecy and go, well, it's going to happen anyway. We can't win. Might as well just kind of go with it and warn everybody. Be well, yeah, like Eeyore, prophetic gonna, Eeyore. Yeah, we're going to warn everybody. You better believe it. But here's the bottom line. The Bible said, "The Bible says, occupy till I come. Jesus said that. So we're going to fight till the last minute. We fight against the oppression. We fight against the oppressors. We fight against this uh, demonic takeover and antichrist stuff. We fight against it. and We teach the word of God and lead people to Jesus Christ. Until we can't do it anymore. That's how long we fight. So don't give up the fight. We just know what the ultimate end is going to be as far as the Antichrist. But here's the good news. The ultimate end is Jesus conquers everything and takes over. So we fight for him because he has already won and will ultimately take over.
0: Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Amazing.
1: It is. It really is.
0: A little late on the cue.
1: It's all right. You know. This isn't, this isn't Britain. We don't have a queue. We have lines here.
0: <laughs> All right, little pestilence, plagues, disasters, and corruption. Let's go to Fox News first. Pastor Mark, where we see in the United Kingdom, hepatitis spikes among kids is being linked to COVID lockdowns.
1: Yeah, and it's not even just in the UK. We have now here in America, we have a number in Alabama, uh, other places. We have kids coming down, Greg, with um, hepatitis. Um, doctors remain that's mystical. interesting
0: does it, the article explain how that happens
1: yes well there's different viewpoints and I'll kind of this will share some of it and I'll share with you what's out there as far as what doctors are looking at doctors remain mystified by a source of outbreak of the severe liver disease in children the UK health officials believe a spike in hepatitis cases they believe among children may be linked to COVID-19 lockdowns Doctors in the UK believe children are getting the illness because of a weakened immune system due to a lack of exposure to illnesses during lockdowns. Mm, so okay. they weren't out catching things. Yes. So now this adenovirus comes in, which is where, which is what leads to hepatitis. Which is normally adenovirus. I mean, they'd be able to fight this if they had all their immunities up. It wouldn't be a problem. It goes on. I'll give you a little bit more. A couple more lines here. Uh, Research is continuing, but experts believe that the hepatitis spike is linked to the adenovirus. I said it wrong. The adenovirus, which is uh, like the common cold. Doctors say nearly 200 children in 12 countries have been diagnosed with acute hepatitis, which causes liver inflammation 17 of those children have gotten liver transplants. At least one child has died. Now, Greg, some have linked these even to the COVID shots in kids as well. Uh, the first report came out saying none of these children had the COVID vaccine. Well, then they, a correction came out later saying, well, maybe they did. So there are those that believe there's something in the shot in the younger children that are causing this hepatitis. That's a possibility. Time will tell. Uh, and, but others believe that it's simply the lockdowns, uh, lowered the immunity system in the children. And because of that, when they ran into something that their body would have normally conquered because they didn't have those immunities built up from just outliving life and breathing the air without a mask and living life, they weren't able to fight it again. It all keeps coming back, Greg, to the natural immunity that God has given us without a mask on is the best defense we could all have against everything. Well, and that
0: also goes to show you, Pastor Mark, in God's design that he not only created us but he created us to be intermingling with his creation yeah yeah and it's the symbiotic whatever relationship between us and the rest of god's creation whether it's other human beings or whether it's plants, trees whatever yeah and you're putting yourself in a sterile artificial environment yeah. that God did not design you to stay locked down in. That's right. We're supposed to be out among the germs. You know, we're organic beings. Yeah. Yeah. It with everything else that God has created. So yeah. that only makes sense. And boy, does that not underscore God's creation and that it, we're of intelligent design, yeah. And when we get away from how God designed us, absolutely, to be and to interact with each other and with His creation, yeah.
1: You know, it's amazing, Greg. A yeah. couple of points I want to make. You're right because some of the environmental things that we're doing, they're now finding out are hurting the environment <laughs> uh, because there's a reason that certain things have to happen in order to keep the environment balanced. We have a right. very delicate balance in our world, in our rotations of the universe, in our environment. And when you start artificially messing with it, trying to fix something you think is broken, God that God designed that way, uh, because you don't have all the insight and knowledge, it's messing things up. There was a, again, a, my, a Tracy was telling me she was reading a report today where in some areas where they've done these special measures to clean up the air, it's actually causing more pollution problems because it, it's it sets something else in balance, off balance. So the you know we, we think we know what we're doing, and we, and we need to be wise in general cleanliness, but we don't know. We're messing with what God uh has has put in place for a reason and you know with kids greg this really hit me here look at look at kids i used to wonder and and now i've got a granddaughter so i'm seeing this all over again i go ah they lick everything (laughs)
0: yes and they and they they
1: grab you know an iphone i forget how many back different bacteria they say are on the front because we use our hands all the time we're touching everything we use our hands. they say it is like this you know petri dish of unbelievable bacteria on iphone cover you know yes and then you see your granddaughter pick it up and lick it. You know, you go, ah! yeah. you're diving to get it slow motion, you know, as everything stops in the universe. But you know what Greg, I used to wonder, God, why? You know, these little kids, there's all these germs and whatever and you've 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 made it where little kids, they what do they naturally do? They put everything in their mouth. Everything you hand them, everything I give to my granddaughter, she puts in her mouth. Listen, God knew that? Yeah. God designed these babies. He knew how they would grow, what they would do. And now it all makes much more sense after this old COVID thing because what they're doing is they're exposing themselves to all these germs, all these viruses, all these things rather than hiding behind a mask and hiding behind a door. They're in the middle of it and their body, natural immunity that God has put in the system. It's kicking in, building up, building up, building up. Even if they get sick, that's good. It's good. Now they have the immunities and they have all these T cells and they're just fighting everything. And without that, they're going to die At an early age because if they can't fight it this is all god's design and what we've done by telling everyone you've got to put on a mask you've got to lock down your house we basically fought against god's design in the immune system of humans and caused a bigger problem which we'll get to later on and i'm not saying there's never a time for a mask i'm not saying there's never a time to not go into a room where there's an infection i'm saying in general life lockdowns and masks we now know from the facts even from the cdc's recent release cause way greater problems than saying just let people
0: live amen you are listening to signs of the times our weekly look at bible prophecy in the world's news for friday may 13th 2022 this is episode 213 for those uh enjoying the podcast on apple spotify uh stitcher Uh, iHeart Radio, and wherever you can get your podcast, you will find Signs of the Times. We're in the middle of talking about pestilence, plagues, disasters, and corruption. It's a uh, culmination category or just a bucket category for really Matthew 24. That's what we call it. And this uh, next article kind of further underscores what Pastor Mark was just talking about. From the Wall Street Journal, COVID-19 cases rise in parts of the U.S. with High vaccination rates.
1: Yeah, let's look at the article a little bit here and then talk about this for a while. I want to discuss this and kind of give some information to our listeners of what's coming out now in the CDC and other places. Uh, the article says some of the places that have avoided the worst of the COVID-19 pandemic, including Puerto Rico and northern New England states, are coping now with elevated cases and hospitalizations as the latest highly contagious iterations of the virus circulate. In Puerto Rico, uh, COVID-19 cases as of Saturday reached 950 per 100,000. 950 per 100,000. In the prior week, higher than any state. And the, test po- and, and the test positivity rate hit 25%, according to the CDC and local data. Hospitalizations recently climbed to 281 people, the highest since early February. And about 83% of Puerto Rico's population is fully vaccinated higher than any state the CDC data shows. Now, this is interesting, Greg, because, you know, we've talked. Here's the bottom line. The facts are showing now that the areas that have the higher vaccination rates are now the ones getting the sickest and getting the most COVID. Now, that just kind of boggles your mind. You're like, wait a minute. That doesn't make sense. I thought it was, um, you know, it would be better all the shots were taken or whatever. That's not what we're seeing. But what we're seeing now is some of the warnings that we've been hearing for a long time from Dr. McCullough, um, Dr. Malone um van vandenbosch um a lot of these doctors that have come out and by the way a whole group of go- doctors recently came out again and said with the new information they're calling on the world governments to stop this because they're showing the facts and saying we're we're destroying the immunity of the world stop this what they said was and especially dr vandenbosch if you listen to his work he's again a, a, a virologist from overseas i think that's uh um i forget where he is but he's overseas i don't want to say and be the wrong country but either way um renowned well-known uh, well respected doctor. His whole thing he's been saying since this started, he said, we're doing exactly the wrong thing. He said this at the beginning of this whole COVID battle. He said, we're doing exactly the wrong thing. He said, here's the way that viruses work. He said in germs, he said, if you don't allow people to catch it and, and build immunity, he said, then they replicate, they get stronger. And eventually they get to the point where in some cases you can't stop them. And so his thing was, he said, I'm not anti-vaccine because this guy's not, he's not a Christian. He's not coming from a biblical perspective. He's coming just from medical and science, and he says, look, I'm not anti-vaccine, but he said, if you go and give everyone the same shot at the same time, he said, it'll actually reduce the immunity worldwide, and he said, then you're going to see for the highest uh, shot rates where they are, you'll see greater illnesses, and people, you're, a lot of people will know, this guy doesn't know what he's talking about, you're whatever. He was pleading with everybody, and after two years, he has been proven right what they're now finding is in the higher, va- uh, I say vaccinated, the higher shot areas, it's really technically still not a vaccination. It doesn't fit the definition. It, it, it doesn't. The, yeah. In the higher shot areas of this shot, they're finding there are higher levels of of illness um, and even higher, higher levels of catching and higher levels of death. So it's exact opposite of what you've been hearing in the media. And now the stats are coming out. It's undeniable Um CDC is now releasing rates again, which we'll get to in a moment that, um, you, you know, I, I, we don't have that. that okay, I'll go and talk about it now. I thought we had some of those charts, but we didn't. I was I was meaning to add that in here. I apologize for But these articles will be on our website, obviously, and you can find these all, maybe, by, maybe by next week I'll have them up there. But okay. the CDC's latest statistics, Greg, show a direct correlation. I mean, the moment, when you look at their charts, the moment that the masks and the shots started... Uh, illness and death rates it increased skyrocketing i mean it just yeah. boom and it stayed up there the whole time i mean the moment the masks and the shots started so you, you could say well that's just when the when the virus kicked in no this is not some kind of gradual virus growing it was an absolute you can see a very clear direct a link between the moment the masks and the shot started to the number of illnesses, the number of deaths, and everything just escalated at that point. Well, now the data is getting so exposed and so clear; it's it's getting harder to hide. Now you're going to hear that you probably won't hear it in the mainstream media, but in in the alternative media that's out there, it's all over the place and it's abundance of factual evidence, even from the CDC's own website. It's interesting. They now and there's false information. That's being printed out on the CDC's website. I saw it today. We now, Greg, know as a fact, we have now shown statistically, and these doctors have the numbers and the stats to show that the, uh, the, the vaccine, the shots, if you will, actually are producing more variants. They're creating more variants because it's, it's, it's mutating. Right. Well, they have listed on their website that it's a myth that these shots are making more mutations. And now we have the, it is undeniable. It's like right there on paper, even the CDC is admitting it. So the CDC shows the stats that prove that it's making more variants. And then they say on their website, it's a myth. So we see a great spiritual blindness and a great political battle going on in this whole situation. But, you know, the truth is getting out and more people need to know it. And so understand, and I want to make this appeal again. I, I, I We talked about it, I think, last week. It is now emphatically been shown by the numbers that wearing masks makes this worse. And here's the reason. It's a logical reason. If you wear a mask as a doctor in a surgical room that is sterile and you're wearing gloves and you don't touch the mask, it is a great thing. (laughs) Germs don't spread. Nothing gets in the body of the person you're working on and they stay healthy and uncontaminated. But when you have normal life with normal hands and masks coming on and off, on and off for your coffee, for your food, for your life, for everything, you're picking up all the bacteria, all the germs, you're putting them on the mask, and then you're wearing it on your face all day. And so the reality is you're holding in the germs and increasing your chances of getting sick. And It makes total logical sense as to why these numbers are now coming out in the CDC stats. But it's amazing how long until these numbers came out, nobody would believe it. And probably people today, Greg, will hear this and see it, and they still won't believe it. But the reality is lockdowns, it would appear, have caused are causing these children to get sick because they're not getting their normal immunity from viruses. And the masks are causing more people to get sick because it's locking in all these bacterias all day long as they're working. We did exactly the wrong thing through the COVID uh, pandemic. I hope we learn from it. I hope that we can rise above the spiritualness of it, rise above the politics, politics of, it, of it, and yeah. look at the facts of it. But Greg, I fear that we can't. Uh, we need to keep voicing the truth and making a stand, but I fear that we can't because this last day's process, I believe, has begun, which, again, is the Bible says there'll be greater and greater deception and greater and greater blindness, and you're going to see... I mean, I wouldn't be surprised to see a whole other round of lockdowns and masks kick in, even after all the evidence that it's detrimental and causing more deaths and more sickness because... We can't see. Mankind can't see without God opening his eyes. And some of those obvious things, even what you call facts right before you, they can't see it.
0: So I wonder if all of that is, is that not part of God's judgment?
1: Well, again, I think you're and,
0: right. And would this would this issue not just be uh, regional in terms of in North America or, yeah. or the U.S., but are, are we talking about, Would you, are you expecting to see? potentially see this again globally
1: i do i think it'll be global and i wouldn't be surprised to see by the elections this fall because i think that politics pulls into the spiritual realm as well And and i think i think you could see some of this especially if they give the who this authority i think you're going to see this kind of stuff happening more and more remember the the, uh, the agenda for the 2030 agenda with the U.N. and the World Economic Forum is that the whole world is controlled by the world, one world yeah. government by 2030. So, Greg, they've got to turn the heat up in a lot of ways a lot faster. Yeah. And so that's going to happen.
0: We could see another round of ballot harvesting.
1: We could. Now, here's the thing. Um, also, I want to say this, and we talked about it in our study on Wednesday night in the book of Isaiah. Mm. I do believe that God is turning up the heat on the world and in mankind in order to draw man to God. Right now, he's trying to draw us to Jesus Christ. He's allowing these things to happen. And 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 so Satan is using that to his advantage to pull more people into deception. But here's what's going to happen: the, it's, the light and dark are becoming more and more stark. All right, there's a there's a there's a red line that's drawn by God. You're either standing with God or you're standing with the enemy. We'll get the abortion issue as well as well as other issues. God is forcing these issues. You have to make a stand on one side or the other. You can't be in the middle. You can't be wishy washy. No brackish water, no gray area. Where do you stand? I think God is forcing this, Greg, I think, on a worldwide scale for this reason. This is last call for heaven. He wants everyone in the mm. kingdom of God. And he's saying, you know what? I'm going to I'm going force you to make a decision. If you're going to choose to reject me, you're going to know you're doing it. If you're going to choose mm. to accept me, I'm going to force you to do it. And then it's really going to come down to the breaking point when we have the Antichrist saying, you either take the mark or you don't take the mark. And that's the final line in the sand. If you take that mark, the Bible says you will be eternally condemned. There is no repentance after that. So I think you're going to see the increase more and more and more leading up to the mark and leading up to the world taker of the Antichrist. And again, it's just God's love in trying to draw more people to himself, because if he didn't turn up the heat, people wouldn't come to him. So I think we're seeing that underway right now.
0: Yeah. When life is good, right? Absolutely. Absolutely.
1: All right. uh, Let's
0: head uh, to the church. for some reason, it popped in my mind. Remember, as a kid, you put your hands together and you'd say, "This is the church. This is the steeple." Yes. Open the door and look at all the people. That's right. And then I thought to myself, you know, rationally as an adult, you know, the people are literally hanging from the ceiling in yeah. that analogy.
1: Yeah, yeah. Unless I, for me, I think I turned it this way. Well,
0: yeah, yeah. I guess you turn it that way. Yeah. So, but, but you're still looking at the roof. You, anyway, but either way, being too analytical. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, yeah. Christianity today, according <laughs> to a recent study. More pastors say they have considered quitting, citing stress, loneliness, and politics. Well, listen, this whole thing those last two years, Pastor yeah. Mark, has affected every sector of life.
1: It has. And Greg, I'm going to share Christianity Today's viewpoint on this, and I have a whole different viewpoint. Okay, good. That may encourage a pastor out there listening right now that's about to quit. But first of all, notice this. It says, driven to despair by stress loneliness, political divisions and other worries like uh the church being their church being in decline, more pastors now say they consider quitting their jobs and that might be the problem. It's their job Mm. Compared to a year ago, new data released by the Barner Group shows the research draws on data collected in surveys conducted in January of 2021, March 2022. That show the share of pastors who have given serious consideration to quitting being in full time ministry, increasing from 29% in 21 to 42% of March this year. An equal 29% share of pastors also say they felt like quitting because they weren't optimistic about the future of their church. Uh, they were unhappy with the impact uh, that the job had on the family. I know this is affecting their family so much. They had a vision for the church that was in conflict with their where, the, where they wanted their church to go. Another 24% of pastors say they consider quitting because their church was steadily in decline. And, and I see that on the human level, the emotions, hey, this is hard. I don't like it. It's not what I thought it would be. Okay, I get that. But I want to take it now of the spiritual level. This is not the goal of a pastor to begin with. If you're worried about what you want to get out of it and what you want your church to be, it's not your church, and it's not what you want to get out of it. And it's not so that you can be happy. You don't go this job. This is a call from God. You don't do it for the people. You love the people. You do it for God. So if you're doing it for God, quitting's not an option. It's like, you know what? God has called me to do this. And and when I read the article, Greg, I couldn't notice because our church isn't growing because the numbers are going down or whatever. Look, as pastors, we shouldn't be concerned about the numbers, whether we're growing or what we're doing. Our concern is, are we being faithful to present the word of God and the gospel to God's people? And let me tell you something. Sometimes when you do that, your church is not going to grow. It may go in reverse. When Jesus started, he had multitudes following him. And he said to them, unless you eat my flesh and drink my blood, you will by no means inherit the kingdom of God. Well, because they didn't understand, they said this guy's talking cannibalism. A big portion of his church, end air quotes, yeah. got up and walked away. And the Lord didn't chase after saying, "Wait, wait, let me explain. I'm trying to grow the church. What I meant was, is that I'm going to give my body and my blood. It was just an analogy, and I'm going to rule the world. So you need to come back to my church." He said he let him go. Yeah, he said you don't you, you're not going to trust God, then you can go. And I think Greg, I'm, I'm speaking. I know this may sound harsh. If if pastors are depressed, and I don't mean to be harsh, I'm saying. I want to be compassionate here, but I want to say this. If you're in the church and a pastor for you and for your family and what you want out of it, you you should step aside. You should quit because you're not in it for the right reason. This is a call of God, and it's for Jesus Christ.
0: Well, and I would also say this to pastors as well that might be thinking this, and if you're leaning that way and you've got these type of symptoms, and not to say that pastors don't go through bouts of loneliness and depression and things like that. That's, that's not the issue. We're, we're talking about to the point where it's going to drive you to quit in opposition to you know that you were called right. to do this. And first right. of all, you've got to know that you're called. right. You're not just called to God's word, but you're called to God's people as a shepherd. That means you're a servant. And if you're experiencing these things, I would say you need to kick it like John the Baptist. Yeah, You need to go out into the desert. You need to spend some time alone with the Lord and get out of social media, get out of the news, get out of opinions, get whatever. Your directions and your decisions come from
1: Jesus Christ and his word and not from the opinion of man. Right. Yeah. And let me speak now from a more compassionate viewpoint. I spoke fiery there at first uh, because it hit me in a fiery way. But now let me speak from a more compassionate view of those pastors that are struggling. Look, I'm just like you are. If I come to church and there's a good crowd, I feel better. When I look out there and the seats are filled up, I feel better. It's like people are here. This makes me feel better. It, 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 in my mind, it makes me feel as though the ministry is effective. But that's not the proper gauge to whether a ministry is effective. There are some churches that are filled to the gills every week that aren't. They don't even know God. And I'm not going to name any right now. You know, there's some national. There's one or two I could name that many of the people there. They're just there for fleshly reasons, and they're, they're massive. Now, with that said, God's been challenging me because. As you stand more for God, especially in the last days, and we've seen our church grow quite a bit in the last couple of years, well, what if it goes the other way? As I stand on God's word and I just say, here's what it says, here's the truth, and people get offended, and they start walking away like they do with Jesus when he said, eat my flesh and drink my blood, because they don't understand the spiritual aspect of what you're saying. Am I going to quit? Am I going to say, well, you know what, that's it? I have to make up my mind, if everybody walks away, although that would be very hard emotionally and from the human standpoint... Am I going to be faithful to do what God has called me to do? I look at guys like Jeremiah that had no converse that we know of his entire ministry of 40 some years other than his, his you know, uh, Baruch, his sidekick there, you know, um, and, and, and he may have. I'm sure there were others, but the Bible doesn't talk about it. And
0: the end of his ministry was exile. I mean, yeah, I mean, the whole
1: thing. And you look at these guys again. You know, you look at Isaiah. We talked about it for yeah. three years. He walked around in his underwear. You know, to make a point about how they were going to be taken captive, you know, by by Babylon, uh, Egypt and Ethiopia and eventually Israel if they depended on them and the shame. So here's the bottom line. Pastors, if you're listening, um, I want to encourage you. Remember, do this for Jesus. Don't do it for you. Don't do it for the people. Love the people, but do it for Jesus and make up your mind. Even if the church goes in reverse. Yes, that's discouraging, but don't give up S- to the very end. Preach the gospel, do what God's called you to do, and when you stand before the Lord on that day, He will be your reward. And if you have that attitude, you're not going to be quitting because you're going to realize I I, I need to continue and fulfill the ministry that God's given me to fulfill.
0: Yeah, I mean, think about I th- think about Paul. You know, he never really got to see the fruits of his labor, right? But yet, but yet he acknowledged the fact that he did. What God had called him to do, right. and suffered all that that God had appointed for him to suffer through. That's right. That's right. And he 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 said, "I finished the race." That's right. I did what I was asked to do. That's right. And it wasn't about numbers; it was about just simple obedience. Look oh, at how everybody
1: rejected Paul. Yeah, I mean, all, he, the exactly. Jews, all the Jews, all of his own people, rejected him. For the most people part, people took vows not to eat to kill him. Yeah, I mean, again. And, and Paul, Paul didn't go, I'm getting so depressed because the ministry is not going the way I thought it would. Yeah. Here's the problem. Our mindset in America is it needs to be good for me. It needs to be good for my family. It needs to be something that I can gauge and show other people, look how our church has grown. Look how important I am or whatever. We have to get to the point and say, you know what? I must decrease and he must increase. And if I, and if I really do decrease, how am I going to handle it? That's the real test. Yeah. But the reality is that's the spirit of God. Yeah. The other is the spirit of the flesh. The spirit of pride, the spirit of the enemy. And so be faithful with whoever God brings you and let God worry about all the other stuff. That's God's. That's in God's control. Yeah. And one
0: more thing, just to add to that to those that are listening that aren't pastors, pray for your pastor.
1: Very, greatly pray, appreciated.
0: Pray for your church leadership. Yeah. They are in a hard spot in terms of they're marked yeah, they're marked by the enemy. That's right, and they need your prayers. Yep. They need your support. Yeah, bummer of so. a birthmark. Bummer of a birthmark. The old yes. Far Side, you know the deer that had the he had the target on him. Target
1: <laughs> on him. His bummer of a birthmark, there, buddy. Yeah.
0: That's a good point. Uh ChristianPost.com, Majority of U.S. evangelicals favor secular charities. Interesting. Do tell. Uh, yeah,
1: I just want to comment on this again, just a little. For many evangelical Christians in the states, there's a gap between what they say and how they give charitably. Uh, researchers say, while the vast majority of evangelicals, uh, 84%, said they would rather support Christian organizations than non-Christian, only 40%, 46% really do. The remaining 54% named a secular organization of their favorites. Now, I'm not going to say it's wrong to give to a secular organization, but here's the bottom line. For you out there listening as believers, you need to be investing your money in the things of the kingdom. And I would encourage you, I just, this was more to me was saying, hey, if this is really true, kind of a correction uh, and, and, and almost a loving correction here to those that are listening, there's nothing wrong in giving money, again, I understand that, to help people in certain things. But you, for example, like I'll give you a Like to the food one. bank? Well, I'll give you an example. A, a major catastrophe happens, and a lot of people just quickly write a, tra- a check to the Red Cross. Mm-mm. Well, the Red Cross doesn't always do it the right way. As a matter of fact, the Red Cross forbids you of preaching Jesus Christ. If you, if you go to serve at the Red Cross, you can't yeah, preach Jesus. You can't, no. Well, you know who also travels around the world doing great works at these tragedies? The Billy Graham Evangelistic Association, Samaritan's Purse with Franklin Graham. Don't give it to the Red Cross. Give it to Franklin Graham. Give it to Samaritan's Purse. They're taking in their jets. They're taking their buses. They're taking their supplies. They're doing the same thing the Red Cross is doing on a humanitarian level, but they're preaching Jesus Christ. So there's one example. Look at who you're giving to. Give toward those that are serving God because it's not only pleasing to the Lord serving him now. But you're investing in eternal reward. You're going to get that back in the last days. You're not going to get anything back from the Red Cross. Maybe a little bit if they use it for some good thing that ends up for the kingdom. But if it's just for the world, there's no return on your investment. doesn't mean you don't love everyone. You are investing in people that are hurting. Just do it in organizations that are honoring God. And that would be the encouragement and and really the loving correction I would give if that stat is true.
0: Okay, Pastor Mark, our last article from the church category comes from Christian Headlines. Uh, Christian authors Jen Hatmaker and Mary Catherine Backstrom say they back Roe v. Wade. Yeah. I've never heard of these authors. Well, I don't know what they write.
1: These are some female authors okay. that, that have a little bit, I mean, they're, they're very prominent in certain circles. Let me read some okay. of this. And this is such a shame um, that they need to be exposed. Um, anyway, two prominent female authors of Christian books have voiced their support for Roe versus Wade. Jen Hatmaker and Mary Catherine Backstrom each expressed support for Roe and legalized abortion on their respective Facebook pages this week, uh, sparking a mixture of approval and pushback from followers. Here it is on the blog, Hatmaker said, her blog, she wrote the books for the love of, uh, and multiple other books, called uh, This Potential Overturning of Road, and I quote, A Shocking, Unprecedented Repeal of Women's Rights. What are you talking about? Stopping the murder of innocent babies is shocking and unprecedented for women's rights? Nobody has a right to murder. We all have God-given rights. But God says, thou shalt not murder. You do not have a God-given right to kill a baby. Shame on her. And then Backstrom said this. She writes a book called Crazy Joy. And I quote, she said, she believes women deserve to have the agency over their own bodies. This is not only appalling and evil, it's ignorant. It is not their body. It is someone else's body inside of you. It is a total separate body. Jesus says each one has its own soul. Each one has its own heart, its own hands, its own feet, its own lungs, everything, its own thought process. It is two separate people. The mom has just been entrusted to protect that person until it's born. And how sad it is when they don't protect and put it to death and I, and and again so these two women have revealed themselves to be basically to me Greg wolves in sheep's clothing these they may say they're christians but if they are they're in deep sin and they need to repent and and, and that's at best and at worst they're wolves in sheep's clothing now let me say this as far as abortion because i know that There's probably some of our listeners, our believers out there that have had one. I'm not condemning you for that. If you've gone to Christ and asked forgiveness, you're forgiven. But a lot of times, it is. there's two main reasons for abortion. I'm going to give the bad one and then the good one. And I think there's no good reason for it. Let me take that back. I'll give the really bad one and one that people justify more in their mind from a Christian's viewpoint. The bad is it's selfish. I don't want the responsibility. I've messed up. I'm not going to do this. That's just wrong. And it's evil. The other is fear. I'm afraid of what the, how the Christian community will treat me. I'm afraid that people will find out. I'm afraid of this, I'm afraid of that. And so you put your baby to death, um and then there's great consequences for that down the road. So look, I I I I have I am guilty of many sins. You know, I don't have I I'm not a woman, so I can't go get an abortion, but who knows, before Christ I may have done that. So I'm not condemning someone for what they've already done. You turn to Christ and you repent, you're a new creature, God forgives you. But at the same time, we can't tiptoe around the issue so much. That we don't speak the truth about it. This is taking the life of a baby. Now, again, the Bible does not say thou shalt not kill. It doesn't say that anywhere. The Bible says thou shalt not murder. But mark the Ten Commandments. No, no, no. That word in the Ten Commandments, it's not murder. It's a specific word. There's two different words in the Hebrew. God doesn't condemn killing in the Bible. As a matter of fact, God sanctions killing in certain certain instances. God himself says that if you commit murder, you should be killed. If you commit rape, you should be killed. There are certain things that God says that deserves to, that person needs to be killed. God sanctions certain wars. We see that God sent Israel into battle to, to judge certain peoples, and I think there are God-ordained wars. So killing is not forbidden in the Bible. Sometimes it's sanctioned by God, although that may be shocking to some people because they don't understand the language. There's a different word in the Hebrew that means murder, and that word means to take a life with unrighteous reasons. That means there's no righteous reason to take that life. They did nothing wrong. They don't deserve to die. You just killed them. That's abortion. You're taking a life and you're killing someone. You're murdering them. That's where it says thou shalt murder. That's the word actually used in the Ten Commandments. So there's two very different words, two very different purposes, And yes, God offers the forgiveness if you've done that. But we can't, as Christians, be saying that's okay. It is not okay, and it's no one's right to trump God's Ten Commandments where it says thou shalt not murder and say it's okay for women's rights to be able to murder someone else's body that happens to be inside of theirs. And so this is an atrocity and shame on both of these women. Look, I hope they repent. And and why would I publicly do this? Okay, here's why. The Bible says that public sin demands public rebuke. Most of the time, you go privately to someone. Why didn't you contact them privately? Because they went public. And once you go public, it is to be publicly corrected. So again, stay away from these women. Stay away from their books. This is not of God. It is of the enemy.
0: All right, Pastor Mark, our last article of the day, fittingly, is out of this world. The truth is out there. This is from The Blaze. Congress will hold the first open hearing about ufos in over 50 years and the
1: pentagon
0: themselves are set to testify
1: yeah this is amazing again this whole ufo thing used to be made fun of when i was a kid and now at the highest levels of our government and people it's like accepted um the subcommittee in the u.s house of representatives will be holding an open congressional hearing next week about ufos for the first time in 50 years the hearing is currently scheduled for Tuesday, May 17th and will take place in front of a subcommittee of the House Intelligence Committee that is currently chaired, the California Democratic, uh, chaired by Representative Adam Schiff. In 2021, the Pentagon, again, he's, well, no comment. In 2021, the Pentagon released a report about its UFO program that detailed more than 140 sightings of aerial objects that could not be explained between 204 and 2021. Greg, what's happening is more and more evidence is coming out of things that can't be explained that are in the skies and nobody knows nobody even the government saying we don't know what these things are and i just want to say this i believe with all my heart a lot of these they are real and they're truly unidentified the government doesn't know no one knows now there are secret government programs but some of these are not known and here's why i believe it is demonic i believe it's part of the last day's deception when you see uh uh, the whole vision in ezekiel chapter one of the cherubim around the throne they're a wheel within a wheel and that describes a flying saucer if you will And the Bible says that a third of the angels fell. And I believe that what's happening is, is God is allowing the demonic realm to manifest their wheels in the skies. We are seeing those angels' wheels in the skies. They're flying because they're angels. They move in erratic directions at super speeds, which is what angels can do. We see that's how they moved back and forth in 90-degree angles at super speed. They're like lightning is the way Ezekiel described them. It fits the biblical definition perfectly. I think the reason that God's allowing it is it is part of the last day's deception. Are you going to believe the word of God? Are you going to think believe in little green men from other planets and follow these deceptions?
0: Well, I also think, too, that it could be a way to help explain away the rapture. Absolutely, you brought that up more mass, than once. Ma- mass abduction.
1: No, you're right, Greg. You're right. And and again, this is something I shared years ago with you and on, on the on the radio program. I remember in Santa Fe when we lived there. It's a very new age spiritual area. Yeah. Um. They had a magazine, a new age magazine, that showed a bunch of screaming people flying off the planet. <laughs> And and literally they yeah. it that was Mother Earth they said expelling yeah, them. Expelling them. So so their viewpoint is there's gonna be some other force, either Mother Earth expelling them, or I could easily see them grabbing on the UFO saying aliens abducted them and took them away or whatever the case may be, uh, to make the planet better, get rid of those Christians or do whatever. The reality is it's look, the Bible explains all of this. It's nothing but fallen angels, it is demonic, um, it's last day's deception and if you choose to believe the lie rather than jesus christ you're going to fall right into that deception but if you choose to uh, believe jesus christ the bible says your eyes will be opened and you'll be saved and so turn to jesus christ don't turn to this crazy stuff uh because your hope is in christ and so again what what just a man great stuff to talk about today it was chock full i had a great show. i mean i enjoyed the show today well i'm glad you did i did i had a great time
0: i did too (laughs) Now go have a piece of pie. Yes, I did already, actually. <laughs> thewaymedia.net is where you can get everything regarding our program. Uh, hit us up. Uh, send Pastor Mark your prophecy question. Uh, maybe you're seeing something in the news. You want to know if God's Word has spoken about it. We'll let you know at thewaymedia.net. Until then, have a great weekend. Make sure you're in church, loving the Lord and loving His people. And we'll be back next Friday at one thirty for more Signs of the Times right here on WIAM.
1: get over much on their own. If you catch a cold, it's chicken noodle soup and cold medicine. If it's a broken heart, there's more time and investment in recovery. A friend can be pretty valuable in recovery, and Jesus is your best friend. He might heal wounds, but he wants to heal hearts. No, there's not much you can get over without a little help. He's just been waiting to hear from you. Seek. He wants to be found. Knock. He'll recognize
0: you right away. WIAM 101.1 FM. The Way.